Hey there film fans and welcome to another episode of The Real Take. This week we are spending far too much time indoors. We're rotting our minds. Our parents are not happy. But forget them. We need our wits about us if we're going to complete our mission, rescue whatever damsel is in distress, collect all the gold coins or rings and defeat the evil guy and become the victor. Because this week it's a case of the good, the bad and the ugly as we examine the big screen adaptations of popular video games. Let's roll titles. Sit down and grab a glass. Sinead Ross and Niall have made a podcast. It's the real take, breaking it down. Having fun and talking movies. Da 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 talking movies. Yes, it is the real take, the podcast by film fans for film fans. Please do like and subscribe. To the real take wherever you get your podcasts and never miss another episode. And my fellow gamers, Niall and Ross are here. Come into the light. Come out of that darkened game room that you're in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've made a dreadful mistake. I thought that we were talking about uh, pinball games. So I've just, <laughs> I've researched movies about pinball machines. Oh, everything old school, genre. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot, actually. There's a lot of movies about pinball machines. But, I find that yeah. hard to believe. Oh well, oh, look look forward to our future episode. Yes, <laughs> I will say Tommy the Pinball Wizard. And <laughs> I'm sure there's more than that one. Yeah, I will say I was not much of a gamer. Um, uh, well, as a, as a, as a kid, I was you know a big fan. I used to play um, the Sega Mega Drive when I was younger, N64 and PlayStation. Uh, I played like the popular ones and those Mario, Sonic, Mario Kart. Um, uh, Golden Eye were my kind of big favorite ones, and I used to like the wrestling games as well. I thought they were good. Did, were you guys into games at all? Yeah, I was definitely Sega Mega Drive era. Um, mm. I'd say Ross, you're 100 percent a PlayStation kid. You're just far too young. Uh, don't know, Niall. <laughs> you're definitely I'm, pinball. I'm, era. No, I, I'm an Atari <laughs> child <laughs> with the block. You yeah. probably don't even like even the first the, Atari, yeah. the first one the first computer game and I, I think it was just called video games then uh, mm. that you would connect to the TV uh, it was not branded once one Christmas Santa <laughs> brought brought it to the house it was not branded and it had wires that there was you know obviously wires connecting to the TV and connecting there and it had things like Pong and tennis which was exactly the same as Pong <laughs> all these were, were just like one little pixel going from one side of the screen to the other and you'd bat it back and forth so love it hours that's of how fun. far back I go but all there was at the time was recessions and people leaving the country so well, it was the best yeah, thing, it was the best thing it. to do and it, it was all gas powered then like there was no yeah. electricity so. <laughs> yeah and like like I say I was the Sega Mega Drive era as in I used people to play theirs because there's no right. way my mother mm. was allowing such nonsense in our head, house but I did have friends with their video game consoles Um, I do remember my mother kind of relenting and getting the older brother a Game Boy, which was probably the greatest invention ever. At that, you know, you can keep your phones, kids. Do you know what I mean? It's all about mm -hmm. the Game Boy, and uh, we played things like Legend of Zelda. You know, obviously Tetris, um, Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong, all that sort of stuff. 
uh, on the old gay boy but there was always like fights over it because there was only one mm. you know and it was like technically oh, his you know? and it's not like you can't really huddle around no we're gonna gonna play a <laughs> multiplayer on the on the game boy here no um no. i do have very fond memories of childhood holidays we would go to westport and uh, Westport House, you could camp there. And yes, you still one can. Of the, yeah, one of the activities for the kids, to keep the kids entertained, there was a little arcade that you could oh, uh, nice. go and play games in. And I think, or I might just be mixing it up with uh, other arcades that I was in when I was a <laughs> child, they had an amazing Return of the Jedi game that you would play. And you would sit in, like you were at the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and it was it was just brilliant. Like to my young mind, that was like the epitome. Gaming could never get better than that. <laughs> yeah. Just as well, they're making it taking advantage of the beautiful surroundings of Westport oh, to yeah. show all the kids. Nobody wants to be out, outside. <laughs> <do they? laughs> and fairness, Ross, it's Ireland, so you yeah. know, flip, yeah. flip a coin. It could be lashing as well, yeah. That's true. I will say as well, actually, one thing I have to give a shout out to, I was in the cross there recently. It's a pub in Drogheda for anyone who's not listening, <laughs> listening outside of Drogheda. Um, it's a pub in Drogheda, but upstairs, they used to have a cinema room up there, which oh, would be great. Cool. You can go up, have a couple of drinks and watch a movie in, in the background. Uh, now they've converted that to like a retro game arcade. Oh, so oh. you can go up there and uh, I was up there at the weekend and I was playing Tetris. I was playing Mario Kart and a few other games as well they're all kind of free up there which but it was just great to it just um mm. it reminded me of when we were say 17 or 18 and you'd go around to a friend's house and have a couple of drinks there before heading out and it would always be fifa i think we were always playing but it just reminded me of that hanging around having a couple of drinks playing there's something lovely and communal about hanging around and just playing computer games with yeah. other people as well yeah, no, totally. I definitely wasn't 17, though. A lot younger. Not with the drinking part, yeah. though. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like Mario Kart, that was definitely a thing um, in our friend's house. And, and like like that was great because obviously you could multiplayer with that, like whenever PlayStation or whatever came in. Um, never quite got into the Wii games now. Like that no. involves actual movement. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And do that outside. <laughs> yeah. There's none of this yeah. like, you know, your yeah. thumbs would be like sore from right, right, left, left, jump, jump, mm. whatever. Um, and like, do you remember all this as well? There was like lots of, uh, you know, kind of conversation around, oh, I got the code to like, you know, the oh, next secret yes. game, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, code yeah. things and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Good, good times, good times, yeah. good, good times. If you, but, if you had to put your sorry. money on it, oh sorry, if you had to put no, your no, money on it, is there a particular game? If you had to pick one game, um, oh. that just, yeah, just do you think is the best, or for your memory, sir, as your memory serves, the best game? What would your money be on? Oh, that's one. a tough one. Yeah. Uh, now I have to a little confession here, although, <clears throat> like I say, I am an old codger, as you, mm. you want to remind me. Uh, I did. At the start of lockdown number one. What are we on now? We're in lockdown number... Well, no, we're not on lockdown. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? With Give the, it time. The first one, I was going, maybe I'll invest in a... Uh, I'll go to a local gaming establishment and invest in a console. You know, and it's not like certainly... I think it's number three I got. Because mm. I'd heard that... Oh, you got to play these this Arkham Asylum game. You're a big Batman fan. Oh, it's fantastic. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so I do have a PlayStation 3... And Arkham Asylum is pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. But having said that, Goldeneye, back in the day, yes, hard to beat. Yeah, Absolutely. it was pretty good in fairness. I, I we, used to love playing that as well. We used to have time trials on the first episode or the first level 
which is the one I think in the movie where he is in that Russian military base in the mountains and he yeah. robs a plane. Uh, so we, me, me and my brother, I remember we used to do time trials of that, and I think I could do it on like a minute and a half or something crazy, <laughs> crazy fast. <laughs> okay, uh, Warren. Warren, now uh, you've heard that now, Warren. I know you listen. Ross's you could, brother. Yeah. He'd be Call is that true? Yeah. Is that true? Call that sounds mate. like yeah. That sounds like uh, mm. Ross just making stuff. No, you can keep all that. I like this was just great for just mindless. You know, if you had a bit of rage as well, it was good. Street Fighter. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Oh, just yeah. kick street, the crap yeah. out of each other. Brilliant. You win. Uh, oh, I still oh, have oh, uh, oh. Streets of Rage <laughs> as well, which is kind of of a similar ilk. Yeah. Um, but that was for the Sega Mega Drive. I just thought that was a really really good game. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, but when it comes to seeing big screen adaptations of video games, it's a case of what might engage kids to play hours and hours of games may not actually keep them entertained in the cinema because I don't know why, but the big screen adaptations of video game movies pretty much don't work out, do they? They don't seem to, do they? Yeah, and no. like, uh, shout out to uh, a listener who suggested this topic to me stop me in the street i'm often stopped in the street by listeners <laughs> and they go oh i love your podcast and why don't you talk about this so shout out to you know who you are because you're listening uh and suggested this and then i started looking through the list of video game movies and went these none of these are really good are they are we gonna actually <laughs> make an, an episode about that but you're right like what what is it about that makes like the gaming industry is huge yeah worldwide yes. but they just can't seem to make a good adaptation of a video game can they well you see sometimes that can work the other way around as well because if you look at some of the worst um you know worst games ever made i think you'll see in the list something like the terminator 2 game or in particular the et the extraterrestrial (laughs) so you'll see that sometimes video adaptions of movies are terrible as well Um, yeah yeah that's true but i mean i would forgive those certainly et because i mean famously like that's they're all buried in a landfill somewhere, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. In California, um, because I think that's like the afterthought, isn't it? Yeah. You know, mm. you go, we've got a, we've got a, a, a movie, we've got to get a, we've got to try and get a, a, a computer game out really quickly, so it ends up, and then like the, certainly E. T. would have been early. I remember I had a, like I say, I had an Atari, and I had a Ghostbusters cartridge game which was awful oh. but yeah. i yeah. just was delighted going yeah. oh they're playing the ghostbusters theme yeah. and it's you know you get you get idiots like me begging their parents <laughs> as a as, child as well as that though you know you do get certain pressures they're like all oh, right the movie's going to be out in three months we need this put together and like i have three months yeah. to make a video game which i think was the case with et i think he was given less than that. i think he was given like six weeks or something oh insane yeah, yeah. But you're right, the, the when it comes to video game movies, it's not a great list. No, no and like no. I think it might have something to do with like, you know, when you're playing the game and the key word here being playing, you are actually interacting with this. So you, you are, are the Mario. hero of you yeah. are the hero of your mm. story. Yeah. So like yeah. I mean, when when Mario is then on the screen, you feel a bit more sort of detached from it. Now, mm. if it was say, you know, like we've seen on Netflix with something like Bandersnatch or, you know, when you can kind of um, choose what happens or choose the character, like to an extent that's maybe a crossover happening between video mm. games and, and movies, bringing that kind of interactive kind of element to it. I don't know. Maybe that's a more successful way of doing something like this. But, you know, like I think most of the video game movies that we're going to talk about just 
failed spectacularly, didn't they, at the box office? Mm. But yet they keep on pitching, don't they? they? Do. Because, like, mm. literally, again, one of the uh, reasons that we're doing this episode is because Sonic 2 is out. Yeah. And yep. that was the sequel to Sonic 1, obviously, <laughs> from <laughs> two years ago. Um, and I've not seen either of those. I don't know if, if either oh, of you Oh, I've seen the first... Uh, the, okay. I've seen, yeah. I've seen the first Sonic. My little right. guy's mad into it, yeah. Yeah. And by all accounts, people are saying it's not that bad. And the second one apparently is not that bad either. And of course, Chris Pratt is going to be voicing... When you think of Mario... <laughs> yeah, of course yeah. you think of handsome Chris Pratt <laughs> yeah uh, in a, in not a even new... slightly Italian Chris Pratt no <laughs> no uh, it's going to be voice of Mario in an in a animated uh, version of that story I suppose it's really I mean ultimately the difference is um, games are about playability mm. and mm. movies are about story yeah I guess mm. and if the story is not there or not served it's not people aren't going to engage with them yeah I think we're going to see more of it though like as you said there's been like the, the, the previously they wouldn't have made a lot of money but they're starting to have a more serious turnover the likes of Sonic the Hedgehog Detective Pikachu yeah, um, that, Un- that's Uncharted not a bad one, stuff like that Detective P- Pikachu mm. Uncharted uh, I heard middling things about it I've not, I've not seen yeah. it yet but uh but I think I, I like I see... like my Tom Holland in in red and blue spandex. So. Yeah, <laughs> but you see, even when he's not Spider Man. <laughs> if it's the the actual, is it because we have a fondness for Ryan Reynolds? Hence, Detective Pikachu is we're going to maybe let that one slide. The same maybe with uh, Chris Pratt. You know, we've seen him in Lego Movie. Is it going to be bringing Lego Movie vibes to Mario? brothers perhaps i don't know yeah maybe so i think it could be this it could be this thing with lego where they went we're making a a toy movie Mm. and they went to maybe i I think before that you know the the formula wasn't as successful i think what they're going to do with video game movies is they're going to play around with it until they get it right because what they have there is they have a recognizable um a commodity and they know they'll have a ready audience so i think they're going to tinker with it until they get it right and you know who knows maybe in the future they might be overtaking superhero movies you know if they get the formula if if, if they if they get the (laughs) formula right if they well, get here, the yeah, that but, well, the look, but here, here's a question, right? So I've got yeah. two nieces. They're six and seven. Or, well, they're they're both seven, actually, I should say. And um, like, if I said Super Mario to them, they would not. And they both have uh, what's the ones the with, switches, Nintendo switches. But they're not <laughs> playing those games. They're playing Pokemon. They're playing yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm. I just wonder the is next Mario generation come up is 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 the is it going to be like? Well, obviously, we have brand recognition with Mario and, well, Sonic obviously is still there probably through the movies. People still know about it. But I don't know, like, I don't think kids are playing Sonic games, are they? Well, you see, maybe, as you say, is there a bit of a revolt? No, do you know why Sonic might be there? Because of the choice I'm going to be talking about. Sonic makes an appearance, you see. Now, not very massively but he is there and you know he's it like let's be honest sonic is cooler Uh, it is turbo fast you know hedgehog who collects rings is better than a plumber like Uh, well (laughs) depends if your sink's broken that's true (laughs) who do you want to turn up i'm just gonna gonna run around um uh, one of one big franchise and i say franchise that there's 
been three movies, I guess, and no, none of us are going to talk about it. But I just wanted to bring it up before we get into our picks. Um, is the Tomb Raider franchise? Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't look. I have one question, and really, Sinead, I'm going to ask it to you. <laughs> Lara Croft, yeah. feminist icon or exploitation? Oh, 100% exploitation. Well, anytime I played that game, I used to always just make her die. I'd like just... Right, yeah. right. I mean, she just was... There was nothing feminist about her, really. She'd okay. be feminist if she, you know... Let's just say she looked different. <laughs> yeah. She famously has unrealistic body proportions, yes. doesn't she? Yes. I think a lot of men were disappointed when they found out women didn't have triangular boobs. Uh, of course. <laughs> it's always a problem. Um, I, again, to my, and I, I don't know what it is. Like, I'll go, I'll line up, I'll see whatever comic book movie is there. But I, I haven't seen the Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider reboot yet. Which I, I mean, I, I did go to see the Angelina Jolie ones, but I was of an age, we'll put it that way. Yeah. And mm. um, yeah, so I've not seen the new one. I don't know if that's moving in the right direction. I don't even know if they're still making Tomb Raider games, are they? But Yeah, I don't know if they are. Yeah. Nerds, send us yeah. in some details about that. <laughs> um. <laughs> but like, I would like to say as well, though, try as we might, we're going to see more of those, these two worlds converging because if we look at um if you look at like the realms of special effects and stuff like that a lot of things are not even shot on location anymore um a lot of special effects are used and they're at such a good level yeah. and there's a crossover there because not only is the film industry looking to um improve these the gaming industry is also using this and there's new technologies that are kind of um you know the synergy between the two the two different uh, uh industries and i i think we're going to see more of you'll be watching um you know if you're watching say uh like a spider-man movie it's likely that most of the scenes on that are not going to be real yeah. really filmed mm. and is that going to be kind of like the interplay in you know like the between scenes in in, in computer game movies i just think the the whole um idea is going to be a bit more uh muddied as we go on in the future as yeah, those two worlds I mean, come yeah, closer they, together they they did try like a, many, many years ago, to do some kind of more filmic uh, computer games. I remember one, I think it was called Heavy Rain. I always mix mm. it up with Chubby Rain from oh. Bowfinger. <laughs> Bowfinger. But, uh, yeah, it's like a film noir kind of thing where it is really, like you were saying, Sinead, kind of um, not choose your own adventure, but you, were, you would be given choices yeah. as you played the game, you know? And there were a lot of... Uh, cutscenes and they, they used actual actors to and you see it more and more i guess now that you have like you have actors who give their likeness to these characters in those games you know um but uh i don't know if it uh if it if it was very successful again nerds no. let, let us know nerds <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even from a technological point of view i was what and i'm not wouldn't be a real big tech person but i was watching a video recently and it was about a new some kind of new um uh, scenario or scenario creator that video gamers could use and they were saying what they did was they used real footage so they kind of scanned say a landscape and then they were able to put the landscape as it was into the game but the quality was so high that filmmakers were also using it and oh. it's just yeah it's just it's just mad to think that we're at a level of that but anyway we're not talking about that yeah. on the show today we're, yes. we're there you go about, uh, yeah. for once it's not Niall uh, stunned by <laughs> new technology it's ross going i yeah, can't yeah. believe that they can do that 
Yeah. Um, I think I found a couple of grey hairs. <laughs> More than a couple. Yeah. So, I'm t- I, look, ultimately, I think the last word is a, a good story is a good story. And if if these versions or, or these adaptations of video games have a good story, people will want to go and see them. And they have characters that they like and actors that they like in them. And that brings me nicely to your pick, Niall, because I would have thought that the premise of your pick has a lot of promise in it and great cast as well. You're going back to 1983 with this one. Uh, tell us which one you've picked. Yes, and I've cheated, really. Yes, okay. I was because thinking this that. Is not, <laughs> this is not based on a video game, but it's about a video game, kind of, okay. So this is 1983's <laughs> War Games, directed by John Badham. And it stars Matthew Broderick, Ali Sheedy, John Wood, Dabney Coleman, a whole gallery of fantastic 80s faces, we can all agree. And it was three years before uh, Matthew Broderick would take a day off playing the sociopath Ferris Bueller. And <laughs> many, many, many years before he would summon the impending apocalypse in 1999 by playing Inspector Gadget. <laughs> and in this film, he introduces us to the dangers of gaming. It's a warning. Uh, from the director of Saturday Night Fever and Short Circuit. So shout out to all those Johnny Five fans who are listening. Uh, In this movie, Broderick plays bright high school student David Lightman, who, like many a teenager, spends a lot of his time locked in his bedroom. However, rather than exploring the wonders of his body, like Ross did, or crying in a corner (laughs) because he's discovered hair where there was no hair before, like I did, he is now... Working on his own computer back in 1983. He has a pair of very indulgent, if oblivious, parents who provide him with all of the latest tech, including a modem. And he speaks computerese so well that he can dial into the computer at his school and change his grades, along with the grades of his new crush, Jennifer, played by Ali Sheedy, who is a little bit less impressed by his willingness to bend rules and take an easy A just because he can. But changing grades ends up, is it's not enough really for young David. Partly to impress Jennifer and partly to see if he can, he wants a bigger and better challenge. And after he reads in a computer magazine about a toy company that's introducing a hot new game, he programs his computer and his modem to do a random search of telephone numbers in the California area code where the company is located, looking for a number that answers with a computer tone. And eventually he does connect with a computer. But the computer that he connects with does not belong to a toy company. It belongs to the U.S. Defense Department. And the sophisticated program named Joshua, which was designed by Dr. Stephen Falcon, a brilliant computer scientist who was responsible for creating and developing artificial intelligence in computers, which then allows them to learn from their experiences, has only one question for young David Lightman. Would you like to play a game? And that is how war games get set up. So we've got this young kid like who doesn't realise that he's breached the most high secure computer system in the country. He thinks he's gotten access, got gotten access initially to this hot new computer game months before it's been released. And he starts a game with Joshua called Global Thermonuclear War, which in turn leads the supercomputer Joshua to activate the US's nuclear arsenal in response to a simulated threat from the Soviet Union. Will Matthew Broderick be able to alert a responsible adult to the imminent threat of worldwide (laughs) nuclear annihilation? Will he be able to convince the American military that those missiles that it looks like the Ruskies have just launched are actually nothing more than just pixels on a screen? Will he be able to stop the onset of World War III? Will he get the girl? 
And most importantly, will anyone ever be able to invent a modem that doesn't whine like a strangled kitten every time it's turned on? <laughs> Watch war games, guys, and find out. So, yeah. I mean, you guys, neither of you were born back then. Yeah. I'm not sure when I first saw this film. Uh, I think probably, like a lot of film fans, you, you see an actor in a movie, and I'm this is the only first and only time I will... Uh, I will admit this. I am a fan of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, <laughs> you see somebody in that and you go, I want to see all the other movies that they're in. So like this was an early movie. I think maybe his second film that, that Matthew Broderick was in. And, you know, it was aimed at teenagers and what have you. Uh, and in 1983, I definitely, I, I would have been later than that. So I wouldn't have seen it in 83. But when this film was made, the Cold War was escalating, you know, and there was really serious possibilities that there would be a world war three thank goodness we don't live any in any kind of situation like that now <laughs> um you know we'd already seen evil supercomputers in films before so like hal certainly from 2001 with stanley kubrick and what we have here is kind of the teen friendly version of it joshua is not uh, and uh, and I don't know if we would call Hal evil. He's just logical. Joshua is not like that. Joshua is essentially a a a a, ch a child in the form of a computer who just wants to play a game and doesn't understand that this game will have serious ramifications. If, like I say, if Matthew Broderick, he spends most of this movie trying to get adults to convince convince the adults. It's a bit like Harry Potter. Like all those movies are just Harry Potter going around going, "No, you don't understand. This is going to be terrible if somebody doesn't do something." And uh, it's the same in this. Um, and, you know, like I say, you've got great, uh, great sets as well. Like they, they, they take you down into the, the kind of the head of the U.S. military um, uh, operation where, where this giant computer is. And, you know, uh, I think it's Cheyenne, Cheyenne Mountain Base, basically. So basically, if, if things go DEFCON 5... That's where you end up. You end up down in this huge bunker uh, underneath a mountain. And uh, that's where, you know, you see the, the missiles launch from Moscow and the missiles then launch from from Washington or, or wherever they are, you know. Um, like I say, John Badham, best known at that stage for a Saturday Night Fever. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoy this film. Uh, I saw it very recently because it was on TV. And then I went, oh, yeah, that's kind of a computer game film. Isn't it? Really? <laughs> I can talk about that. Um, Broderick is as charming as he is in all of those early kind of 80s movies. Uh, and you really, there are some kind of butch clenching moments was, where you yeah, go. Yeah, edge of your seat stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's great. If, if you haven't seen it, I couldn't recommend it more. It's, it's fantastic fun. Uh, maybe I haven't made it sound like fun. John Wood, who's an actor that I really like as well. Uh, he didn't do a lot of stuff, but he plays Dr. Stephen Falcon, who <coughs> only turns up kind of in the second half of this movie. And um, it's still Matthew Broderick as David Lightman's show, if you like. But uh, he brings this kind of air of, of gravitas and kind of... Yeah, uh, um, what would you say? Just adult supervision, I suppose, to mm. to the film that uh, I think still makes makes it work really well. It's it's a beautiful as well time capsule of 
what it was like to have a computer in 1983 when a lot of people yeah. didn't. Yeah. Or, you know, it was just, it was the stuff of fantasy. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, War Games, if you've not seen it, I absolutely... Have either of you come yeah. across it? Yeah, I've seen yeah, it, yeah. I've seen it. Oh, well. very good, very good. Yeah. One thing I will say about it is I remember when my um, father brought back a computer for the first time in the house, I was incredibly wary of it in case I accidentally... You know, started thermonuclear war myself. It, yeah. it did make me a little bit cautious that I'd accidentally click into a website. Not only that, maybe I'd order heroin off the dark web by mistake or something. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to know or weapons or I don't know it. You know, but it's it's a ma- ma- massively like um like the, I remember hearing a story about there was a Russian commander or something um or an officer back during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and it just. It, it like it's, it's this this stuff can so easily happen um i looked him up there and his name and forgive me if i'm pronouncing it incorrectly is vasily uh Arkhipov. and basically um during the cuban missile crisis he was watching a big screen like we see our characters and he saw nuclear weapons being launched from america to russia and he oh. was kind of at the desk where he hit the ret- return button so they you know make a military response but like an Irish person in a pub, when the fire alarm goes off, he just held back a little bit, <laughs> had a look around, realized that you know, uh, you know, Russia wasn't being destroyed, and didn't push the button. So it was all down to a technical glitch. So mm. you know, like especially back in the back in the day, you know, I know the Cuban Missile Crisis was certainly earlier than that, um, but like stuff like that was a real threat for people's lives yeah yeah Yeah. and it it does open with this great tense scene starring a young michael madsen yes michael madsen was young once too and (laughs) john spencer as these two guards in this nuclear silo and you know they have it's basically they both got keys and it's like are we gonna turn these keys are we gonna start off and this is even before matthew broderick gets his greasy Mm. little fingers into the mainframe and starts messing around you know and he plays that so well doesn't he that kind of that character matthew he's got he's got that uh charm uh married with this cockiness as well you know yeah so like when he does when he hacks into the school computer to change uh jennifer's grade and his grade to pass i think it's science or biology or something and you know you can tell she's not into it she's like no we shouldn't be doing this this is morally not right but he's like yeah but i can do it i've got a cool yeah. computer Ah, oh, 80s computers they could do so much remember they in could. weird science when they made a made a person <laughs> they did they yeah. did make a person um Great pick, and we let you away with it. In fairness, okay. it's skirting around because yours is kind of also a cheat. What? No, Am not. I the only one who stuck to the protocol <laughs> in the briefing? Mine is not a cheat. Mine is a game. Mm. Well, yeah. that's good because yeah. I didn't want to be alone on this. Are we going to mine then? Are we going to? Yeah, the, go to yours. Go, yeah, go yeah. To, okay. Well, mine is a game. It is based on Fix It, Felix, which is a <laughs> fictional game. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh dear. Well, now in my defense, mine is way more on the video game spectrum than yours because essentially my entire my my character is a video game character and it's all in a video game world. Yeah. We are talking okay, about Okay, Ross, Ross, I think as the person who is the only person who has actually picked a film based on a video game. Yeah. It's up to you. Will we allow it? 
What do you mean? He says, will be allowed. We'll, after we'll he does his to. own, which is like <laughs> very loosely one. based on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After yeah. Mr. War Games here. War Games um, is so hey, far. Hey, hey, hey. Don't make I, me I, press I, the big red button. I have it here I, on my desk. I guess we'll leave the finale. The promised, you know, the promise of this podcast will leave to the end. Okay. So, <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph, right? 2012, writer-director Rich Moore. Uh can we just say, you know, what a legend he is. Former director at The Simpsons. Um, also, he worked on Futurama. Uh, he's the man who created Ned Flanders. Yeah, you're welcome. What? I think w. God created Ned, Ned yeah. Flanders. I think you're uh, fine. <laughs> Ned Flanders so this film was hugely successful. It grossed 471 million worldwide, Wreck-It Ralph did. The story was written by uh, Rich Moore. John Lasseter's in there as well, Jim Reardon, and uh, stars the voices of John C. Riley as Ralph, Sarah Silverman, Jack McBrayer, and Jane Lynch as well. And essentially, this is a great example, I'm going to say, of how to make a video about, you know, how to make a movie about video games because the whole thing is in this world right of the arcade they can when they, whenever the uh, arcade closes these characters can move from game to game there is actual games there like tappers was an actual game in an arcade there's also little nods to donkey kong and donkey kong jr things like this uh trait kids, the actual kids story. love uh arcade games about pubs yeah, yeah. Tappers. <laughs> was tappers a real game yeah my god i actually yeah. didn't know that there you go uh so arcade game character wreck it ralph he's tired of always being the bad guy and losing to his good guy opponent fix it felix um so basically what happens is in his game he is the guy that wrecks the building that uh fix it felix then has to make you know nice again with his magical hammer and he has a, a big chip on his shoulders because the the nice landers where he lives um they don't like him because he wrecks things but if you go into ralph's backstory there's a reason why you know he's kind of not so nice to the nice landers because what they did was they moved his tree stump which is essentially his house uh they moved it to the dump so they could build this apartment building uh, so what does he do? Well, he acts, reacts angrily and he starts wrecking it. <laughs> they should have left his tree stump alone. So uh, then Felix comes in with this magical hammer and, uh, you know, he's he's always awarded a medal at the end of the day. And poor old Ralph ends up in, in you know, the, the dump each day or whatever. So you have John C. Riley. He's doing an excellent job of being like this kind of depressed, volatile, oafish Ralph. The opening scene gives us a great intro to him because um, we get to see the magic of the arcade and the characters as i mentioned they can move through each other's games once the arcade is closed via the electronic cables that are plugged into the big power strip so you see fighters from street fighter head to unwind from their days fighting and tappers he's narrating his story and he goes into this uh first bad guys anonymous meeting we have the <laughs> people like dr robotnik from from sonic the ghost from pac-man and all the villains of the arcades they're just all misunderstood so anyway, on his way home, Ralph hears that in a game called Hero's Duty, the first person shooter can win a medal. So he thinks if he wins this medal, the nice landers will respect him, you know, and he'll get the pie at the end of the, the day like Felix does. So 
he does something you should never do, kids. He game hops. He disguises himself as a soldier, tries to fight the cyborg, uh, cyborg army and basically wreaks havoc in the game. Uh, he essentially steals the medal. Uh, however, he accidentally launches himself an escape shuttle with a cyborg inside and he crash lands in the candy-themed kart racing game Sugar Rush. So... With Ralph gone, his game is labelled out of order. So Felix needs to leave that game to find Ralph. And uh, he ends up teaming up with Jane Lynch's character, Sergeant Calhoun, who's from the Hero's Duty game. Uh, she tracks this cyborg down, uh, which is essentially a recipe for disaster because it's ended up in Sugar Rush. Um, so in the game of Sugar Rush, uh, Vanellope von Schweet, uh, played by Sarah Silverman, She's just so sickingly sweet and devious sounding in this. She steals Ralph's medal because she needs a medal to buy her way into the nightly race that determines which characters are playable the next day. And Sugar Rush is ruled by King Candy. He forbids her to race because she has a glitch that allows her to kind of move and teleport erratically. And the other racers destroy her homemade cart and then Ralph intervenes. So it's kind of this idea of... You know, she really wants to race in the in the game. And, you know, there's also kind of a, oh, why is she glitching? And there's a bit of a backstory to her. Meanwhile, Felix and the sergeant need to track down Ralph and send him back to his game and also stop this kind of cyborg from multiplying and wreaking havoc throughout the, the whole game. So you have this really kind of, you know, it's got adventure, it's got uh, action, it's got comedy, it's got you know, a lot of really kind of tender moments between Ralph and Vanellope. It's kind of like they've developed this brother-sister sort of type bond. And it's all round good crack and good fun. And it's like one of these ones where, like all Pixar movies really, um, you know, you're, you're, you don't mind basically seeing this for the 50 million time with your kids, you know. Um, but uh, the apparently the... Um, there's cameos that pop up like so the the film features several camera cameos from real world video game characters hence why mine is definitely more of a video game movie <laughs> actual tapper bartender from tapper the guy who voiced it maurice lamarche is his name he pops up you got sonic the hedgehog popping up in there um roger craig smith you've got uh ryu ken masters is in there as well there's a guy from street fighter in there well, as well a, and pac-man actual yeah. pac-man the great thing is you get those in it because I don't think it would be as good a movie as it is without the inclusion of all those recognisable characters. Oh yeah, you have to have the recognisable video games in this for mm. to, 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 to really work. Um, yes, the, the recognisable video game character. Yeah, very good. Um, oh, shut up, Al. So <laughs> nobody, nobody, no, no one. No, no it's okay. Wreck-It Nile. Wreck-It Nile. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's it's great fun, and it's kind of got all of that. You know, we were talking about there at the start, where you were, you know, let loose in an arcade, and you had change, and you were going to all the games. It's got that vibe, you know, at the start, and you've got the the really nice arcade owner who, you know, just wants the kids to all have fun, and you've got all that vibe going on, and then you've got this. You know the kind of the same sort of similar vibe in in the sense of Toy Story. What happens? I was just going to say yeah, when, when you know yeah. the arcade closes and what these characters get up to, and there's lots of fun involved in all of this. And I think the story kind of keeps you entertained as it goes along. So mm. this is you know maybe where we were talking about as well at the start. This idea of you know you you feel like 
as opposed to say if it was Mario going on this adventure, well, maybe it would work if Mario went on an adventure well, kind of like it, this. I no, but it's it's funny, isn't it? Because he is Wrecked Ralph is is Donkey Kong. And yes, that's he where is. Mario first appeared. So he's like Mario's more kind of um, uh, Felix, fix it, maybe. Felix. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Would it be would it be an interesting to see it from that perspective? I think actually. It could have worked. I mean, I, work. I think it it works. Uh, I think where it's, uh, I think that where 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 it's really strong as well. Like you were saying, is this relationship with Vanellope? Yeah. And I I've not seen the sequel, but I've heard that kind of goes even more into. It's a into very that. decent sequel. Like yeah. It's, it's Ralph breaks the internet, so they end. Yeah. Up and in it's the more internet. about apps, isn't it? It's more about yes. like app games, what have you? Yeah. Which is and a clever kind of thing, way to move move it forward. Yeah. Plus, you so care. I guess... You do care kind of about these two characters. You know, you want to see them on their next adventure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's and it works. It does work as a sequel. So while while you could go well, there's a straight line between Felix and Mario and uh, Ralph and <laughs> Donkey Kong. I don't know if there's a Vanellope. I don't think she's Princess Peach or whoever. No, you know. I mean, she's so a, much better than. She's Princess very Peach. much her, her own her own creation. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's great. If uh, like again, it's a most people have seen it at this stage, but I think it's this combination of I like it. It crucially has to have a really good story. I don't know as well. Apart from say war games, which is on the periphery of video <laughs> games, but you're like, not going to forgive me for that, are you? Yeah, no, no. You, uh, like, listen, I picked Baby Driver when we spoke about baby movies. I mean, seriously, oh, that's true, yeah. that really was now not allowed. Uh, but you know, it's I don't know if it's like you know, like if, if we look at say the absolute doozies of um, you know, video game movies, like the likes of what's that one that um, Kylie Minogue was in Mortal Kombat, was it? No, oh, Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Um, like you know, it's it's bad acting. It's bad story. It's there's a lot of wrong elements. I think you know they crucially need to get the story right, mm. and uh, that can be tricky with a video game that like has a very basic backstory. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's hard to get right. It really is. So create your I mean, own. I um, like Ralph. Well, the, yeah, I mean, it's funny you should say that because I was just going to mention uh, Free Guy. Oh, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, which is, again, a kind of thing because there was talk about that being a Grand Theft Auto, um, yeah. ver like a, a game, mm. and then it was like, no, we'll just create our own, which frees up the writers, I think. They don't have yeah. to kind of follow whatever, own. yeah, um, whatever kind of um, the, the video game creators or whatever want them to, to kind of stick to, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny you mention that even because in uh, the Breaks the Internet uh, movie from Ralph, Vanellope um, actually kind of, well, it's like a little bit of that Grand Theft Auto mixed with all of the racing games that you'll find, you know, in, in video games. She ends up uh, with this gang and they're kind of shady and mm. <laughs> they they race and she's like, you know, kind of sick of Sugar Rush because she's, you know, she needs to kind of get the thrill of like, you know, unpredictable spontane spontaneity kind of thing uh, in terms of this new kind of uh, world on the Internet with all this other kind of racing going on. But yeah, it's mm. great. Go see it, kids. Wreck it, Ralph. And the sequel. Uh, and you reminded me there because what what is it Call of Honor what is it the yeah kind of, yeah Heroes Duty yeah Heroes Duty yeah 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 and that's essentially cut like a Halo yes kind of it is or Call of yeah. Duty yeah or Call of Duty obviously yeah, yeah. but there, there's a new um, I'm not sure which streaming service uh, it might be 
might be Apple have a new Halo six part or oh. twelve part uh, streaming uh, series out now. The reviews are not good. Oh, so they're still not it getting just, it right. It just seems like yeah. Although you've got the name recognition, you've got the uh, you know the characters that people know. It's just I mean if you don't have the the basics, if you don't have a good story, people won't care. And like that's interesting, mm. you know, delving into the kind of the six part series. That's where I could go. Oh, maybe this could work. But again, we as we mentioned earlier on, maybe include this element if it is on streaming. Okay, where do you want the story to go? Yeah, maybe that's the key to this as well. You know, and, and it is like I mean I've. I've never played Halo, but I just know it's a fella with a gun shooting things. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, why? It's, I mean, he needs to, he needs to exactly. his backstory, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also he never takes his helmet off. Oh, and okay. in this, in this series, he takes his helmet off. So, you know, it's all, it's all this. And then Doom as well. Did anybody see Doom starring The Rock? No. No, I'd say it's oh. terrible though. Yeah, it is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that yeah. is an example. That one is a fellow with a gun <laughs> shooting things, but there's also a portal into a hell dimension on Mars or something like that. Oh, okay. So um, you kind of go, that's maybe too much stuff. Too much. <laughs> plus. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I can see. Well, yeah, I can see it. And we kind of have, as you mentioned, The Rock, you've just reminded me then of all the rebooting of the Jumanji movies again. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, loosely video game but that well, works, certainly did. it works yeah, so well yeah yeah it does yeah and it do, it does it very because i think it's it it has what we were saying it's got the charismatic cast and it's yeah. got a pretty good plot yeah you know and also there's that um recognition i guess to the original movie yeah the robin williams movie yeah mm. yeah but also it's a fake game this game does not yeah. real, live yeah, in the real right. world so maybe this is the key we're in we're unlocking the key here trade this episode uh but going to the actual person who's the big nerd of the group who stuck to the actual yeah <laughs> task at hand ross the is going classic one. he's going yeah. actually, I, 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 you actually you actually did things properly ross you big nerd yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what do you like um but i i think like we were talking about you know so what we were meant to talk about <laughs> was uh, video game movies. Uh, and I'm going to get to mine in a second because I do. I, I think we've glossed over maybe a few of the other notable ones. You mentioned Street Fighter there, yeah. uh, which was released in 94. And I got to say, has a little speci- special place in my oh, heart. Um, He's a yeah, it's it's. It oh I thought it well I saw it as a, as a, as a as a kid and it had Jean Claude Van Damme it had Kylie Minogue um it had Raoul uh, Julia we Ra- had Ra- Raoul Julia as as Bison who was brilliant in that um I thought it was a lot of fun it was obviously very silly and I think if I watched it again it would completely ruin any nostalgia I had for it well but I I, was, I was in the cinema to see that one oh. yeah so uh, and I I was not impressed but. <laughs> I think I can understand like I have many films like that in mm. my pantheon Russ where you kind of go I can see its flaws but I still like it is know? it yes. that kind of fallen into so bad it's good cult classic kind of vibe it wouldn't be far off maybe I mean it's it's yeah. a long time since I've seen it uh, yeah there's a guy it's... who doesn't realise he's a bad guy 
<laughs> and he goes, hold on, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> Switch aside. That's quite that's that's quite realistic, isn't it? You know, nobody yeah. wakes up and goes, I'm a bad guy. Everyone and he was Russian, the right and thing. the Russians did do that during the Second World War, and now they're back to be bad guys again. They are all bad guys now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's let's uh, not anger the Russians just at the yeah, moment. True <laughs> enough. Uh, and the year after that, oh well, actually Jean Claude Van Damme. So you got Jean Claude Van Damme with his American you know tattoo in his bicep and his belgian accent is a very very funny part i think for that um following on from that as well 1995 the, the year after that we saw mortal Kombat, which was also a terrible movie um but it I, was... I think i saw it i don't think i was in the cinema to see that one mm. i think maybe street fighter put me off video yeah. game adaptations i was going why can't they make more batman movies it was directed by a very famous director called Paul Anderson. Not, not Paul Thomas Anderson. Not Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson, Anderson no. Yeah. But, but Paul and he's Scott not, he's, he's what, Resident Evil, all those ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's another, there's another. Well, you um, see, that's, that's, there's an example, isn't it? Of like, how many Resident Evils are there out there? There's obviously an appetite. Them, yeah. Oh yeah, or it's, it's some kind of money laundering scheme. <laughs> basically <laughs> i don't know it's like something to do because he's married to mila javovich isn't he and she yes. seems to be in the ball she's in the mall yes. yeah so it's some kind of thing their prenup was like we will make 17 <laughs> resident evil movies i will be in all of them yes i think i remember the first one enjoying the first one but i think it was because it came out in like 2002 when i was 12 years old and it had like a new metal soundtrack and there were yeah. zombies in it and I, yeah, I, I can't imagine I'd like that at all if I went back and watched it now. And they've um, recently rebooted it, haven't they? They've, haven't they've they? rebooted. Yeah, there's a new Resident Evil that came out recently, and apparently it's not very good either. Oh. So, and the same with Mortal it. Kombat. There was a recent yeah. reboot. Of oh, Mortal I Kombat. saw that the other day. It was terrible. It was beyond terrible. I really, really hated it. And I think they've made a second one since. Um, but it was just it was up there. I know, I know the all movies. of these ones they seem to kind of end like and we have such a broad story to tell because yeah. there's so many mm. games and it's all that and it's like you're never going to make another one of these because no, no one yeah. saw this this one is terrible and no one wants to see it speaking of terrible what about the mm. Jake Gyllenhaal Prince of Persia as well oh I, did, oh, I didn't even yeah. know that was a game when, when, yeah. when it came yeah. out I, did, I wasn't interested in it anyway uh, go and see it we're going to be getting a lot of hate from any um, gamers Jake out Gyllenhaal there fans. Well, yeah. Gyllenhaalers I'm a Jill uh, but my gosh, yeah. that was horrendous. Well, that's, I mean, <clears throat> I kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, I remember watching that going, oh, it's okay, I like, but, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the kind of film now that you couldn't have Jake Gyllenhaal starring in no. as a, a Prince of Persia, <laughs> no. which, mm. you know, maybe it's good, maybe that's he'd good. He'd be cancelled, he'd be cancelled. You'd be cancelled. A lot changed in 12 years, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to go back and um the, i'm going to go back to the kind of very start of these live action feature length um video game movies and there have been around 40 live action um feature length movies based on video games um and of course look we mentioned some of the names already you have tomb raider mortal kombat street fighter tekken resident evil sonic the hedgehog sonic the hedgehog and so on uh, um, and I, I think, as I was saying earlier on, we're going to probably see more of these as, as time goes on. We mentioned anyway, the, the gaming industry is huge. It's massive. Um, and it's worth stating that, it, again, it's worth more than music industry. It's worth more than the movie industry. It's worth 
more than both of them put together and it's only getting more and more popular every year now I was saying as well that they might overtake comic book movies, you know, and if, if you're looking at where comic book movies came from, you could say arguably the first comic book movie was The Mask of Zorro from 1920, and it would take, you know, around yeah, you, you another could, hundred you, years. You could say that, but that, that would be wrong. What so. would be the correct answer? <laughs> well, I mean, so uh, Zorro, Zorro, no, no, Zorro wasn't a comic book. Zorro was a, like, a, he would have appeared in pulp magazines. Uh, Carson McCullough, I think, was the name of the... It sounds like an Irish uh, writer, but he wasn't. But uh, So it wouldn't have been a comic strip as we know, I suppose. Um, yeah. I guess, uh, I mean, not to derail you there, but you could argue... Uh, not to derail <laughs> you, really, uh, although, no, I, do, although yeah. I am literally on one of those things, you know, those those little carts that you pop up, up and down, coming after you. Um, uh, uh, what would be because I mean it would we talked about like the Batman well, serials there would have been loads of serials so you had like Flash yeah. Gordon and things like that but well they um, would have been from around the same time as well like the yeah yeah but I mean my, my kind of start. yeah but my issue is that Zorro was never a comic book character okay well <laughs> I was kind of using that as a uh, <laughs> as like a shoe shoehorn them into that to make a, a, a point and it well was like actually fact- yeah <laughs> mr mr fact checker um well you could take say superman or i think we mentioned batman movies there was a serial movies from around that time uh from around the 20s and it took a, a little while for those superhero movies to get a grip uh, get a hold on hollywood so for example you know it would have taken maybe about 100 years for from the first uh, superhero movies till where we are today where they're just ruling the box office um but the first feature length live action video game came out only in 1993 which is just under 30 years ago um so do you think it'll take 100 years for them to be the big money makers of hollywood i don't think so i think they're no. i think we're going to see more and more of them and i think as well the premise that you're putting out is how would i put this completely wrong um is that uh you know because let's face it uh you know mario walked because it was walking on the shoulders of batman 66 if that makes sense do you know what i mean these all these movies that had come out kind of since then and paved the way and literally like you could you could argue that until the 60s maybe that was the first time that movie makers were going teenagers or children are also an audience and if we make stuff for them they will come and see it and their money is as good as anyone else's mm. does that make sense yeah no absolutely and so if, i mean if... I, I think i'm agreeing with you is that if and i i'm not exactly sure i don't know because they need to start making some good films basically yes yeah. if yeah. if uh, computer game movies are going to be as big as comic book movies then it's going to happen a lot quicker. It's going to happen, like you say, maybe in the next 10 years, but they need to start yeah. upping their their quality. Yeah, because even the, you know, Avengers, and I know you're a big Avengers fan and that, and I, you don't think they're okay, but I probably have issues with them as well. But there's a quality to the story and a consistency to the story and the humor and care and focus put into those movies that we haven't as of yet seen in video game movies. Um, so if they and they're, 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 the audience is there the market is there uh, really with their with their wallets open ready to invest take our money take our money they really are so <laughs> it, it, it seems like it seems like it's easy pickings all they have to do is not mess it up 
which it seems to me they have been doing a lot of thus far. But um, taking it back from where we are now to its first steps into the video game world, and that was back in 1993. And of course, they started with one of the most popular and recognizable gaming characters of all time. I'm, of course, talking about Super Mario Bros, starring Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, uh, Dennis Hopper and Samantha Mathis. Um, and now before I get into the crazy troubled production, um, I'm just going to give you a quick idea of the plot. So we all know, you know, the plot of most Mario computer games. You, you jump on some shells, you, you hit the question mark boxes, you raise the flag at the end of the level. And hey, presto, that's pretty much it. You're just trying to get through the level. Obviously, and we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, trying to convert something like that into a movie plot is quite difficult and it's hard to sustain a movie of someone just jumping around on shells and stuff like that so this movie tries to fix that and add a plot by the most convoluted complicated plot unnecessarily complicated plot they can think of at the beginning of the movie we are told that the meteorite that killed off the dinosaurs also split the universe into two dimensions we um humans stayed on this dimension and we evolved from apes to become human in the other dimension there was a few remaining dinosaurs there and they developed into kind of similar uh, humanoid creatures so we came from apes they came from dinosaurs but we end up both looking pretty much the same in the end the story gets even weirder from there so mario and luigi they are brothers of course played by hoskins and uh leguizamo um respectively and they're two brooklyn brothers who work as plumbers luigi he falls for a, a nyu student daisy who you might recognize if you play the games as princess daisy she is uh she's digging under the brooklyn bridge for dinosaur bones um, and, of course, like in the Mario Brothers games, Daisy is captured. She's brought to the other dimension. Um, I won't get into the reasons why, because it's overly complicated and will take too long to explain, and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but she's brought to the other dimension. Uh, Luigi and his older brother Mario follow, follow her in a rescue attempt. And in this other world, they encounter all kinds of, you know, strange creatures. It kind of reminds you of all those dystopian, futuristic worlds we see in sci-fi movies. You know, lots of crime, lots of gangs, graffiti, um, technology. It kind of reminds me of, like, Mars in Total Recall, but obviously yeah, with more thinking, creatures yeah, in it. Yeah. yeah, it has that kind of energy to it, but it's, um, it's, it's a little bit more zany, say. Um, so Dennis Hopper, he plays King Koopa, who is... A representation of Bowser, basically the main antagonist uh, of the the video game franchise, and you'll notice that Bowser or uh, King Koopa is a dinosaur in the well, some type of dinosaur with a shell on it. It always looked like a Pokemon to me. And um, so, obviously, Dennis Hopper isn't a dinosaur, and um, so <laughs> he's just a person. <laughs> so okay. yeah. So yeah, so he is basically he's playing the corrupt, unopposed ruler of Dino Hatton, which you could probably guess is the other dimension of Manhattan. Yeah, because man. Oh, Dino. Yeah, I guess. And, that's he's, and Dennis Hopper is Dino Trump. He's he's basically <coughs> Dino Trump with similarly weird-looking hair and a kind of a lizardy, cold-blooded, freakish 
nature to him. Yeah, but enough <laughs> about Donald Trump. What about Dennis Hopper in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this case, Dennis Hopper, as I said, he, he looks like a human, but instead of descending from apes like us, he has descended from a dinosaur. In this case, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, so he's like the unopposed ruler, the self-proclaimed president of Dino Hatton. Um, uh, and, and, and you're thinking to yourself, hold on, Dennis Hopper in a kids movie, uh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? But you'd be right. It's very odd to see Dennis Hopper in this movie. Uh, but then again, it is a very, very it's, strange movie. It's more odd to see Fiona Shaw in this movie yes. than it is Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Hell? <laughs> I forgot Fiona Shaw was in this movie until I saw it again and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Look, we're big fans on this podcast of actors who get paid. So absolutely yeah. do it, guys. Yeah, That's that why picture. we did a whole thing on Sean Connery <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Michael Caine as well. Um, so uh, the suggestion of having a film based on Super Mario Bros. came from a kind of an unlikely source. It came from Roland Joff and he directed movies like the killing fields and the mission um which you might recognize as movies that are not at all like based on video games yeah (laughs) yeah they're not at all like aimed towards that kind of kid audience either which is where presumably they were originally hoping to aim this towards um so i've no idea why you know this guy thought bringing like a, a video game franchise to the big screen would be a good idea but he was apparently that was his his thing he approached nintendo about the idea and uh, he was saying they were just nintendo were like sure yeah go ahead <laughs> no problem at all and he, he was saying okay well look I, i'd like to have your suggestions and i can put this in and i can put that and they're like ah, just do whatever you want it's grand just <laughs> just have have at it and he was like okay cool he thinks nintendo just kind of sat back wanted to see what he did with it and if it worked out great if not they can kind of like well we just kind of Wash gave it cr- yeah. yeah exactly of it which i think was probably a good you know it's a good experiment on their part it's uh you know it's a win-win for them because you know it's not going to stop people buying the mario uh yeah. brothers game it might lose them a lot of money but at least they probably aren't going to lose a lot of money out of it if it doesn't end up being a success so we had a kind of a, a slew of kind of screenwriters, including in that was um, Barry uh, Morrow, who who wrote Rain Man. Again, another unusual choice. He was brought in to write the script, um, and and he did that, but it wasn't a fun, um, you know, children's movie about two Italian stereotypes looking to save a princess. Princess. Instead, he kind of. Um, well, this is according to one of the producers. He went for a really serious drama piece instead of a fun comedy. Um, and apparently a lot of the people in the production uh, titled the script Drain Man. You know, obviously riffing on Rain Man. <laughs> so we, we um, could have had we could have had Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman as Mario and Luigi, could we? We could. Yeah, yeah. I can wow. see that working. Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> that would um, that would that would actually I think they would be great in the roles. I don't I can't see them going for it. To be honest, no, no. Um, uh, but actually, some of the choices were were interesting to it. I think a lot of people were um, were approached about roles. Uh, I think when it came to when it came to uh, King Cooper, you know, obviously Dennis Hopper got the role, but they asked people like Michael Keaton, they asked Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think they might have even asked Kevin Costner. So um, Arnold Schwarzenegger turns a role down in this. That tells a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh yeah apparently dustman hoffman was interested in the role but i'm not sure what that is so obviously when it came to when it came to picking 
the part of Mario. Um, they went with Bob Hoskins. It seems like a good choice, I would have said. You, you know, when you're casting Mario, what do you guys reckon? He's a good good fit I, for the character? I think so. I mean, whatever about the film, the problems with the movie, uh, mm. I think you can't really complain about about him in the parts. I think he's perfect. Yep. And even his, uh, his Brooklyn accent is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when it comes to other choices for it, there was a there's two other names in particular that were written down. Um, do you have any idea who they might be? No clue. Hmm. Trying to think. think about uh, Robert De Niro. No. No. <laughs> think of Italian. <laughs> Italian. You're in the right. Kind of you're guys. in the right ballpark when you're thinking Italian. Okay. Like literally Italian. Yeah, actual Ita- or Italian American. Like... Italian American. Italian American. Okay. Hmm. Hey, forget about it. Uh, no, no, you'll have you'll have to tell us. Okay, so the Bruno Kirby, who you might oh, know, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he, he plays young Clemenza, I think, is it in 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 the Godfather Part Two, and he's yeah. also in the likes of um, when Harry met Sally, Harry is met it? Sally, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think in, he would be uh, Donnie Brasco. That he was in Donnie Brasco, which we talked about yeah. recently as well, and he looks great with a mustache, which is a, mm. a good uh, thing. The other choice uh, was apparently Danny DeVito as well, which I could see working. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it would be, but I don't think anyone's arguing with, with Bob Hoskins in, in that role. Apparently, in the role of, in the role of Luigi, Tom Hanks was in consideration. But <laughs> strangely oh. enough, he he had a, a strong, um, like a, he had a slew of box office failures. You know, just up to that point, so he 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 was dropped apparently for from consideration. Tom Hanks for Luigi <laughs> uh, obviously next year everything he, about he, that story is just hilarious <laughs> do you know what I we've mean? just seen Bonfire the Vanities Tom and I have to say yeah. it's a no it's a hard pass yes. it's a no for us yeah. of course ne- the next year he would be in Forrest Gump and he would be one of the biggest actors in the planet so there you go screw it, you Mario yeah. Brothers <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I think the two like Hoskins and Lucas yeah. Ammo do a, do a really good job like it's yeah. not their fault it's not your fault guys it's not your fault <laughs> no, it was a, absolutely and do you know i think what happened here was well actually you know they, apparently bob hoskins and uh, leguizamo would would, would would go drinking heavily because the scripts were getting written rewritten every day <laughs> as, as it was being filmed yeah. as it was being filmed apparently it got on quite well but they were just uh, like a couple of the quotes i've heard about the production dennis hopper described the film's production it was a nightmare, very honestly, that movie. It was a husband and wife directing team who were both control freaks and wouldn't talk before they made decisions. Anyway, I was supposed to go down there for five weeks and I was there for 17. It was over budget. Bob Hoskins was even more candid in an interview with The Guardian. He said about the film's production, it was a fucking nightmare. The whole experience was a nightmare. It had a husband and wife team directing whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. After so many weeks, their own agent told them to go off, uh, to get off the set. Fucking nightmare. Fucking idiots. <laughs> so I think we can yeah. see there's a, a common they, problem there. They had, um, like, they hadn't got a lot of experience, had they? They had, they had no. directed uh, Max Headroom or something or come up with Max Headroom. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, actually, I don't know if you you know Max Hedrum either. MTV. No. So it was a uh, it was basically like little interstitial parts on MTV. It was a Channel Four show, and then it was brought to MTV, and it was an actor called Matt Frewer in all this prosthetics. So he was like a future TV presenter, and he would go, "I'm Max, 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 Max Hedrum." No. So they had created uh, Max Hedrum, and look it up, kids. You see, look you it see up parody, on the internet. Didn't. 
you see it parodied in like an Eminem video. I've seen the image of Max right, Headroom yeah, before. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the couple we're talking about are Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel as well. As you said, not very experienced. I think because like they, that stuff like that had been well received, maybe they were mm. kind of given more power maybe than they should have been. They know um, what the kids like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's put them in the movie. But the thing is, did, did they know what the kids like? Because, you know... The, the the couple like the, like Roland Joff, who I mentioned earlier on, who kind of brought this idea to fruition, he met the the, the, the British filmmaking couple, and he, he said their visions kind of sort of matched up, um, because they wanted this video game adaption to have a darker tone, like um, say Batman, for example, from nineteen eighty nine, that had a darker tone. It was a kind of a kids movie, but it was still very successful. You also had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well, obviously, um. A children's property with it's a somewhat of a darker tone so that's kind of what they were going to emulate but it just didn't work it's i think it's one of those movies that might be regarded as one of the worst movies of all time wow okay by the cast i was <laughs> gonna say i i was gonna say has it has it had a, a re a cultural what's the it word? it has had a course a it, has, yeah, it has, yeah. has like it everything has, and you just yeah. have people going it's not that bad actually now i have to say i don't know when the last time i saw it i probably saw it in the cinema when it came out but mm. i don't know how many times i've seen it then yeah it was very convoluted um unnecessarily complicated mm. plot you know I think they had a, and we don't see them kind of in costume, so to speak, until maybe about an hour into the movie. And we see them use the jump shoes, which is quite That's a clever right. addition. Yeah, we see yeah, them use that I maybe get, once. It, I, yeah, if, if that you're looking more. for, like, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, okay, so how do we explain that they can jump? They jump in the video game. How do we explain that they jump? So they give them these, like, rocket boot things, spring boots. Isn't that it? Damn, and uh, it's, it's like, really, do kids care? Do they care about how they jump? It's <laughs> yeah. Mario. They just jump. Like, give yeah. them a, uh, you know, you don't need to explain where Han Solo got his waistcoat or where Indiana Jones got his hat. Although that's yeah. good. that's a good example of it. <laughs> yeah, but the thing with like the the game, like it's a it's an inherently silly game. Do you know, with plumbers saving a princess from a dinosaur, like it's it's silly and trying to make that serious just feels wrong <laughs> you know mm. there's there's a playfulness to it. It, 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 it how an italian plumber ended up in a japanese game i've no idea but uh, there's a fun element to that which they kind of glossed over a bit uh, by by way of donkey kong isn't that like like he started yeah. off in donkey kong and then spun off into his own franchise yeah, Who wouldn't yeah, want to yeah. so popular. Yeah. I'm um, tired yeah. of being upstaged by this goddamn Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, it, tell me, Sinead, have, have you seen this movie? No, as you can tell from my silence, more or less. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I haven't seen it at all. And nor did I kind of really want it. At the end of the day, mm. for me, do I think of all the video games out there, about you know like why would you make a movie about two plumbers do you know what i mean like i just think of, of all of them it's the most bizarre one to even attempt now you to seem to be out. fixated on the plumbing aspect they don't <laughs> do a lot of plumbing they don't they don't but yeah i like oh yeah i think it's like going why would you make a film about a millionaire playboy that's just boring uh, then you no, go but he's batman yeah well i just i yeah i don't i for, like i loved playing the game 
But like I say, out of all of the video games out there, I'm not keen to see Mario Brothers on the big screen. Like, what are you going to give them to do? That's why this new one, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm really good at, particularly after this episode and delving into video game movies a bit more, you know, it's kind of like, where are they going to go with this? What is the storyline going to be? Um, I just think it's the probably the most trickiest one to bring to the big screen but I can see obviously the the desire to do so because it's like hugely popular the game well, well it was mm. anyway for us but um, mm. it's a funny one it's a funny one I think they're making a smart choice in the new one they're making it a, commu- a computer animated film yeah. as opposed to a yes. live action which and I think well, would actually and that's what, something we didn't bring up that's the that maybe the key to this too mm. maybe the ones that don't work are the ones that uh, try the to be live action yeah. yeah well I mean not to spoil what I'm going to be talking about like that that the the film for 1001 movies uh, I'll, I've picked and by god I wish I didn't uh, has uh, <laughs> it is like there are there are computer games like Mario that it, that you kind of go well that's an animated world really yeah. you try mm-hmm. to transpose it into quote unquote real life and it's not really going to work and then there's uh, video games like Halo like the one I'm going to be talking about like say Red Dead Redemption the the, the western one that you kind of go well that seems to lend itself to a live action movie you know but again it's just you've got to have you've got to have the plot you've yeah. got to have the, the structure there you know um, yeah uh, and like so you've got you've got the hottest talent in Hollywood you've got Chris Pratt you've got Anya Taylor-Joy you've got Charlie Day you know, and I'm not sure who else, but you've got well, a load actually, of really well done. D- Jack Black, Keen, uh, there you Keegan go, okay. Key, yeah, 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 Seth yeah. Rogen, Fred Armisen. Yeah, so, good, so you you've got the whole be gamut good, of uh, yeah. yeah, but like maybe this is a world that will uh, like if they do something like the Lego Movie. Yes, you know, that's which, what I'm hoping like, they'll do with it. If yeah. you had said to me they're making a movie about Lego, I'd be going get 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 out of here, get out of my office. Yeah. You know, but, and, but like, uh, and even where they go with that, like that mm. kind of little twisty thing towards the end, not to spoil it for people who haven't seen that, the Lego movie. Like, I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Really clever. Yeah. Do you know? Um, so you're kind of hoping that it'll go in that vein. I mean, you'd hope that they, you know, would listen to this podcast episode before <laughs> you attempt to make any... bring us on bring us on as consultants yes we know we're, what we're, we're talking yes. about we're <laughs> very well paid, reasonable well paid very, consultants. very reasonably priced yeah, yeah. <laughs> and basically we don't lie. The, <laughs> the advice that we give you is make a good film <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, yes. they're like alright so we asked you to do a brief up on how to make this film a success and you're like here's why I think War Games was really good <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, go back to hey. basics, I think. Go back, back to, to basics. basics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, th- sticking with the theme then of shitness. <laughs> because you've got to you've got to level up, bro- or Niall, you've got to level up. Now. I've got to, yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, to get my XP points. Yes, to let you me will get not to... unlock the secret codes until yeah. you have seen this movie. 1001 films to see before we kill you. Tell us what you've seen. Do you want to save? Yes, I would like to save. Yes. Oh no, I've got no room on my memory card. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's that's gamer talk there. Yeah. Uh, yes. So one thousand and one movies to see before we kill you. Usually we try and pick something that is a a 
a shame. Do you know what I mean? That we mm. would admit ourselves, oh, I've never seen this movie and it kind of goes into the topic that we're talking about. Um, not so this week. I mean, I don't think anyone considers this film a, a classic. However, it is one that I hadn't seen and it's one with a cast that would make me go, well, maybe maybe it isn't as bad as everybody yeah. is, is talking about. So this is Assassin's Creed by from 2016, I think, or 2015, I'm not sure. And it's directed by a director called Justin Kurtzel, who's an Australian director who uh, directed a fantastic Australian crime film called Snowtown and directed Michael Fassbender as well in uh, Macbeth. And it stars Fassbender, stars Marion Cotillard and Jeremy Irons. Uh, and it is based on the video game or computer game of the same name. Where basically in this game, from what I can understand, you jump around in a hood depending on what, what game. There's loads of Assassin's Creed games. So some of them are some of them are Viking games. Some of them are set in kind of... Uh, renaissance italy some of them are set in spain you climb buildings you murder people but this film obviously can only fit so much into it so uh the fundamental thing about this game is basically that uh the storyline like we say these video game adaptations either have too little storyline or too much storyline so this one has i would say kind of too much so the storyline behind this is you have the modern day Knights Templar who want to eradicate global violence by uh, getting rid of free will. And how are they going to do that? They're going to get somebody to go into a virtual reality machine to go back in time to kind of commune with their ancestor because there's some kind of DNA connection with them to find where the apple of Eden is placed and the apple of Eden has the key to free will so there you go <laughs> um simples simples, uh, simples right. absolutely so it follows uh the, our main character is michael fassbender who plays a character called callum lynch and he lives uh in the not too distant future and we first meet him actually as his ancestor which is clear as mud and then we meet him in the modern day as his teenage self not played by michael fassbender and his dad, played by Brian Gleeson, I guess they must have gone, well, they're Irish, both of them, so we'll cast yeah. his father and son. <laughs> uh, and his mother dies, and there's a whole thing, and I'm not going to get into it, because it might make you think it's worth seeing. If I'm very enthusiastic about this film, you might want to go and see it. But then we flash forward, and Michael Fassbender, playing Callum Lynch, is now on death row, and he gets put to death, and he wakes up and he's been abducted by a shadowy group, the Templars, who, as I say, are after this apple of, of uh, Eden. And they want Cal because uh, because he's related to some fellow way back. Because as well as the Templars, there's the Assassins, hence the name of the film, Assassin's Creed. And he was related to this fellow Aquila back in, uh, back in ancient Spain. And... If they put him in this virtual reality, oh, hang on a second, wait a minute now. Right, oh, so you can you can go in, you can go into now. Look, I don't mind convolutions when it makes sense, but this did not make sense to me. So you can go into this virtual reality machine called the Animus, and it sends you back in time, so you can see the world through your ancestors' eyes. And the Templars want to do this because they need this information to find the location of the Apple of Eden. Uh, 
which then can be used to eliminate all human free will. And Cal's ancestor back in ancient Spain is a member of this kind of group uh, called the Assassins. And they are in direct opposition to the Templars and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, long story short, Cal goes back, gets the information the Templars need, uh, doesn't realise that there's a lot of kind of jiggery-pokery going on behind the scene. Because when you have people like Jeremy Irons playing the head of the organisation, you literally have to go, can I trust these guys? No, I can't, because it's Jeremy Irons. <laughs> yeah, he sounds evil. I didn't trust exactly. him as Alfred either. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a bad guy. <laughs> Uh, and he also, Cal, as I said, he has got daddy issues because, uh, you know, Brian Gleason was his father and there was a whole thing with his mother and all this. Um, so there's a load of stuff. Oh, oh, this You're film tired me. It really <laughs> tired me. Now, the games apparently are great and the storyline yeah. is fantastic. I played a few of the games before. Yeah. They're, they're and, fun. The, the premise, I guess, of the games that like you can be a Viking in one and you can be in, uh, you know, revolutionary France in another one. And it's just this kind of storyline between all through these timelines, you know, these <coughs> periods of history where, you know, you're you're fighting against these uh, this this secret sect and what have you. And then they have also because video games, I think some of them also have to have a an overarching layer so you have this thing about the virtual reality machine to go back and to commune with your ancestors and all this and it's it you know the, what people want is they want to play the game and jump around on rooftops and and stab people and use you know basically fights you know, the fight scenes in this and look there's a lot of them but they are just so tedious uh, they're repetitive there's so many of them and you've got like i say this fantastic cast fastbender cotillard even jeremy irons i mean he's there he knows what he's been paid to do he's been paid to show up and be kind of sinister in the background <laughs> until he reveals he is sinister at the end shock horror and charlotte rampling is in there as well wow, and okay. uh, michael t williams from the wire and you just kind of go or michael k williams sorry uh, you, you just watch it going oh guys you are much better than this uh this material you know you see um, i wonder when they read stuff like this like at what point in a script where i'm confused and you're trying to describe the plot, well do they I, go this is a great movie for me well I'm, i I'm wonder is is there a lot of like i mean you've got a really good director who has done really good work before mm. doing it you've got a cast you go oh Michael Fassbender's in this. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll be in it then. So yeah. you, you've got it's like that. If a friend yeah, invite, so. It's like if a friend invites you to a, like a a party at a dump. You're like, I don't want to go to a party at a dump. But like, well, this person's going and that person's going. You're like, actually, oh, well, oh, yeah, maybe yeah, I will go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I will go. Uh, maybe it's uh, not bad. Um, and so you've got that. And I wonder as well, is there a bit of um, you know. Well, you've you've got a massive video game franchise. I keep calling them video games. The kids don't call them video games anymore, do they? They call them computer games. What did they call? Them? <laughs> anyway, uh, you've got you've got this massive best-selling franchise uh, game. So you've you've got that, and I just wonder: is there a bit of I don't really understand it, but I better get involved because everybody else seems to 
know it's going to make a load of money. You know what I mean? A bit like um, Sean Connery turning down the role in the Matrix sequel as the architect is like, well, I, I, I didn't understand it, so I said no. Um, didn't he do the uh, same with Lord of the Rings as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, I think there is, and is there a bit of this? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at the moment. I'm, I've gone down a little bit of a, a TV rabbit hole because there's loads of TV shows at the minute about um, these uh, CEOs who created these apps. You know what I mean? And got loads and loads of money from venture capitalists to to make uh, Uber and to you know to uh, WeWork and Theranos and things like that and there is just so much of these people these venture capitalists who have all the money and are given the green light and they just don't have a clue what's going on and they just buy into these charismatic people who you know are just taking them up now I do think a lot of these charismatic people believe what they're saying you know what I mean they think this is going to be great give us 40 billion dollars because that's what it's worth um, and I wonder is there a little is there a little bit of that it's like well we don't I don't play video games I don't I don't know what that is but if you're telling me it's it's going to be a huge the next if Ross is telling me that in the next 10 years they're going to overtake Marvel movies then I'll sign up where do I sign <laughs> Filling his money quickly, parted. Oh. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's a big fat no. It is, and great. I really wanted to find something in it. Mm. Like it's not even nice to look at. Oh. Um, like for which is the, a, which is odd because the 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 the, the movie or the, say, the the game yeah, gameplay beautiful. looks beautiful. Yeah, mm. and Setting like, like say, Florence or something, isn't it? Yeah, 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 and and all over. I think the most mm. recent one maybe. <clears throat> was called Valhalla, so that's a, a a Viking thing, you know. Um, but there are literally there's there's lots of different games, and you're playing different uh, descendants of of the thing, you know. I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I watched the film, and I didn't like. Usually, I go, oh, I look up a little bit of the backstory, so I have something more to say on the podcast. And I watched the film, and went, no, no, thank you, <laughs> no, I don't want to know anything more about that. Leave that universe <laughs> firmly in the game world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm a huge Fassbender fan. Like, yeah, I mean, he is, me too. and it, it it is like um, you would say <coughs> it. It's not that it would be better as an animated. It's not like Mario. It wouldn't be better as an animated movie. It is as close to a comic book superhero yes. kind of game that you could get. In, in this world that's not a superhero thing, you know, because, you know, they jump around on rooftops and they, they do all this and it's got all, all yeah, and it just did nothing for me. Mm. Yeah, I think, and actually it's interesting that you say that about the, the comic book idea. Like, again, does it just, it just doesn't fit, you know, are we trying to make it fit into into, you know, a genre that it doesn't work or maybe if they went okay let's really ramp up the kind of comic book superhero type element and get people who are used to working on comic book movies to delve into this assassin's creed world would it have worked i don't know yeah i i i don't know either and i wonder just is it like would it be something they tried to kind of go uh here's here's all of the story in this film yeah. as opposed to going because, you know, because people who play the game know the story. Yeah. So here's everything in the first film. As opposed to going, here's this character. We're going to introduce them. We're going to do whatever. You know, 
and it's it's kind of given out to you and revealed over a series of movies but by trying to trying to lay it all out there in the first film it's like there's too much my head my head is spinning i don't know no no take it away take it away you see because that's part of it as well like you know when you're playing the video game like how invested in this kind of backstory that they've created are you do you know what i mean like you're not really you're like right what's his mission what do i have to collect who do i have to save who do i have to kill go 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 simple simple kind of objectives Yeah. yeah 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 and it is like it's got a rich mythology but it's like if they tried again to use the comic book analogy or comic book movie analogy it's as if they tried to tell you know 10 years of marvel movies in the first avengers film Yes, you know it's that kind of, and DC kind of are doing that. <laughs> you know they're going. Mm. We don't have time. Just put everything in there. Throw everything at it and see what happens. <laughs> uh, well, there's only one thing left to do, and that is murder a scene. So what are we doing? Uh, I think uh, it is time to murder, and I think uh, I'm not sure. It's not make the better, first, actually, but it is. I'd say. <laughs> that's what, yeah. Well, it's not the first uh, video game movie, uh, as Ross uh, said, but it is the most iconic, I think. So I think it's got to be something from Super Mario. It's time to murder a scene. So it's time to murder a scene. And we're going right back to the classic, aren't we? Well, classic. The original. (laughs) (laughs) Might be the first it, yeah. is it the very first uh, well, it's the first yeah. live action you know live yeah. action feature length movie from uh super mario bros so it's a it's a trailblazer so to speak um and uh we're gonna do a scene now when they kind of first go into dino hatton and they're kind of getting grips with the new world we w- <laughs> here and here here's that actual scene from the movie what is this place no this is crazy where are we? I don't know. Maybe we got knocked unconscious for a hundred years and we woke up in Manhattan of the future. Maybe the Bronx is today. No wonder they tell you never to come up here. Mario, I got a feeling. I got a feeling we're not in Brooklyn no more. I was laughing beforehand because... Um, as I said, there was like near daily rewrites of this script. And what we decided to do was to go with the version of the script we found about this, which... As you might notice, bears little resemblance to what actually ended up on the screen. <laughs> okay, so, and action. Where are we? Hey, gents, get your soiled spiny burger here. Fried tweeter, only 20 coupons. You like little wrigglers? 15. Wherever we are, we're going to have to be real hungry to eat. Maybe it's Manhattan of the future, and we were just knocked unconscious for a few hundred years or something. Or it's the Bronx of today. No wonder they tell you not to go up there. <laughs> Maybe it's a parallel dimension, you know, an alternate world to ours. You know, sharing the same space as us, but totally unreachable. Except by the tunnel, and then liquid rock, and... Uh, uh, I know, I know I'm reaching. Hey, Mario? Yeah, Luigi? 
And then scene. There's, scene. Then there's loads of script revisions. <laughs> Even to rave that, there was like revision, revision, yeah, revision. revision. Yeah, oh, my God. Uh, I, I, I have some ideas about my character. Uh, I think maybe it should uh, be like this. <laughs> You'll notice that they, it bears no resemblance whatsoever to the scene to we just played. But we yeah, assure yeah. you. Oh, no old lady or anything. Yeah, it's the same part of the script. <laughs> it really yep. is. These were the revisions from the uh, 20... This, the, Fifth of the seventh, ninety-two. Mm. And we and know how the next the next page has revisions from the seventh of the third, ninety-two. <laughs> yes, we all know how Niall feels though about scripts. If it's not on the if it's on the page, it's not on the, it's page, not on the stage. It's not on the stage. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why we stuck to the yeah. original yeah. script. Yeah. So uh, great job there. I think you were great. I think I think maybe they should fire Charlie Day and get you in there, Ross. Yeah, to, I think so. Hey, thank you. Voice. No, down. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if Chris Pratt can play in Italian, so can I. Yes, absolutely. Do you think he's gonna go full Italian, or will he just gonna do? No, I think he's no, just, I think just he's regular just voice. Do himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you don't get Chris hire someone with a recognizable voice like Chris Pratt and then be like, sound like Bob Hoskins, who was <laughs> who's actually English as well, but playing yeah. in Italian. <laughs> yeah. So what do we think now? Yeah. Uh, you're very positive, Ross, about the future of. Video, no, video no, no, not necessarily. I'm just saying they have the potential to oh, okay. be. They have a market like the gaming industry is such a big one. All the kids these days are mad into their, I don't know, video game stuff. It's just such. A, it looks like it's such a, a a market that's ripe for the picking. That if they just make a couple of good movies, they're going to make an mm. absolute killing with it. Yeah. And if they make an absolute fortune with it, then it's just going to be the dominant thing. Yeah. And if they make an absolute fortune with it. They need to cut you in because you're the one who said there's potential here, guys. If you actually, yeah. the I'm secret sure, is yeah, just if, make if, a good film and you can if make it, money. If it slipped over their market researchers' heads, <laughs> then, you know, it's okay. I got you. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm dubious about this. I do, like, I'm not rushing out. Like, I don't oh, think you know, I'm not saying it's a good thing. To, to, I, I know, didn't like the fact that superhero movies are around so much either. <laughs> you know? How very oh, dare you. How very dare you. Uh, yeah, you see, I'm yeah, I'm all on board for the comic books, even though I've never read a comic in my life. But I'm all, mm. you know, I I don't know. I think uh, it's a tricky one. I'm not going to rush out and see Super Mario's. I'll wait until it's on one of the streaming. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, mm. yeah. But look, we could be pleasantly surprised. But don't the go thing on the is, cast alone, because as yeah. we mentioned throughout this, there's been great casting choices in a lot yeah. of these movies and they've still been... Mm. the other thing is and it's it's not something either of you have had to contend with really is that time the cruel mistress marches on and really is it like kids will go and see sonic and they'll go and see detective pikachu and whatever you know what i mean so is is that it you know what i mean Mm. is it is it for the young younger generation the other thing i would say is i wonder because you know you talk about you talk about games now and it's app games isn't it it's yeah. you know our, like uh, nobody wants nobody Coming wants soon. to see candy crush the movie you know no um oh. although angry birds we didn't talk about angry yes. birds the movie and that, now, that was oh, all right yeah angry birds <laughs> was actually pretty good considering it's a really random you know what i mean yeah, game yeah. you kind of think concept. what 
what are you going to what's the storyline going to be there it's about but birds again it's, fling it's, themselves through cat and cat and cat and things yeah. <laughs> yeah but again uh, i think you know it's the younger like my five-year-old that is right in his wheelhouse right like, that's what he's him you know with the likes of that and sonic it that's what he's going for because it's kind of like oh you know the battle of of, yeah. of the, the and it's bright characters yeah. and relatable and it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's funny for him. It's kind of got that five-year-old humour. Although, Jason Sadukas, isn't he the main He's the red voice, angry yeah. bird? He does a good job, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Right, well, okay. I think that's that's all. I think we've... I think we uh, can level yeah. up. From 1983 to... When did we get to... Well, Wreck-It Ralph was the last one, I suppose. 2012. Uh, Assassin's Creed. That was War Games, Games. remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody was playing War Games back then. Yes. In there. Their Atari, Atari <laughs> system. Well, we hope you enjoyed our video game episode. Till next time, film fans. Bye. See you at the arcade. Oh no, I mean the movies. Oh no, oh Tron. We never mentioned Tron. We should have talked about Tron. Bye. You have been listening to the Real Take, presented by Sinead Brassel, Ross Leahy, and Niall O'Brien. Our music was provided by actor, artist, and musician Will Guppy. You can find him on Instagram at will.guppy. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Real Take Podcast. If you would like to contact us to tell us how fantastic we are, you can reach us at TheRealTakePodcast at gmail.com. See you at the movies. <laughs>